When Ellen died, I lost everything. Until that dog arrived on my doorstep. A final gift for my wife. In that moment, I received some semblance of hope. An opportunity to grieve on the law. And your son took that from me. Huckle stole that from me. Killed that from me! People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. So you can either hand over your yeah. son, or you can die! Struggle session. I'm Leslie the Third, and I'm Jack Allison. And today we are joined by a very special guest, someone who has been called not just by me, the world's foremost film reviewer. I think that is a very accurate statement. She writes for. You can read her movie reviews in Jacobin. You can pick up her book, which is excellent, called Film US Film Suck USA. And you can also listen to her uh, new podcast called Film Suck. You can uh, find all the information on patreon.com slash film suck. And of course, I'm talking about Eileen Jones. Thank you so much for joining us. My my great pleasure. Who the hell called me the world's foremost film reviewer? <laughs> I want our, names. One of our listeners did, and I agree. You're definitely the best one out there because I think <sighs> you're possibly the only one besides Armand White who hasn't <laughs> who hasn't seeded the entirety of their brain to uh, Disney. <laughs> it's me and it's, Armand. It's, it's you oh and Armand God. White, that the two titans, the top of the field. God damn. We should have a knife fight or something. That would be exciting. He's terrifying, man. <laughs> so, Eileen, I, 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 before we get into our topic of the mm. day, I had to address some controversy that you may not have known you mm. started. But um, so you did a review of the Mr. Rogers documentary. Uh-huh. And the Internet got Twitter got really mad at you. Uh, because you said as a kid, you weren't really into Mr. Rogers. And I wanted to say to you, finally, someone else agrees. <laughs> I never liked him either as a child. Well, God, I'm glad you told me this, too. I, I didn't realize the only controversy I really know I'm in the center of is the hating on Meryl Streep one. But the but I didn't know about the Mr. Rogers one. That's that's kind of thrilling. I, I admit I was worried when I went to write the review that I was. That I had to confess that because I was in the audience of people who were just sobbing worshipfully over, over it. And I started to feel that very lonely feeling of, oh, my God, am I really going to write this? But you got to do it. You got to do it. Yes, yes. Um, so today we're talking about someone that we all do love. Yeah. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. The number one uh, film right now um, in, currently in theaters uh, today. Um, I think maybe the best action trilogy we got, uh, action series we got going. Uh, sorry, yeah, Tom probably. Cruise. But I yeah. think um, he surpassed you. And we're talking about uh, Keanu Reeves' John Wick trilogy. Mm-hmm. Soon Absolutely. to be a quadrilogy. Yeah, that's right. They've got their date already. Yeah, they're raking in money. It's just a shocking, shocking amount of money. And it's so (laughs) beloved at this point that it's a thrilling thing to be part of. I'm actually ashamed I was a little slow to get on the bandwagon. My husband was a huge fan and kept saying, you got to watch these things. Why are you lagging here? And and it took me a mysteriously long time to get to get with it. So I'm but it's a thrilling thing now. I was I saw it with an audience that just couldn't have been more there. It was absolutely fabulous. People yelling out at the screen in a way that was not irritating because it was just this excess (laughs) of love and (laughs) excitement. It was really terrific. Yeah. So I, I was also a late adopter, too, because when I saw the first John Wick advertise, it 
it didn't seem it didn't it seemed like something directly marketed to me so mm-hmm. there was no urgency for me to see it like <laughs> oh i know i'm gonna like that I, I don't really need to like sit and watch and spend i'll get around to it some other time right i, I really didn't get to it until like a couple of weeks ago when the third one was coming out. i was like all right they got three out it's in theaters i might as well go see it and you know i i really like just it was more than I really expected the whole series. Like I did not, I knew it was going to be like a, you know, kind of paint by numbers, crime action thriller with cool fight scenes and all that, but it gets bigger after that. And it just Mm -hmm. grows and becomes something that I'm really, really in love with. I'm in love with not just the action scenes or the fight scenes or Keanu, but Mm -hmm. the world of John Wick is a really interesting thing as well. Yeah, it's. I could say exactly the same with me. I was like, just yeah. sort of marked it in my mind. Eh, down the road, I'll see that. No urgency. <laughs> same thing. Of like, I just didn't really get that it was going to be anything extraordinary. But once, once you're in it, so I had to binge it right before a couple of weeks before. Same thing in order to yeah. be ready for John Wick three, and. It's not a bad way to do it. I still regret that I, I wasn't on board early. That's embarrassing. Am I in this profession or not as a film critic? Come on. Um, but it was exciting to just mainline the whole thing and then dash in to see three at like peak excitement level and be able to report back to people because I think there were an awful lot of people who also – just kind of let it go by, didn't think mm-hmm. anything of it. And and to, again, we that wasn't a lot. I put in my review that that literally mentioning it to people that you'd encounter just in your daily life would mm-hmm. they would just light up. And you know, my again, I keep dragging my husband in over and over. He's really good at talking to all like shopkeepers and all, <laughs> all working class people. And over and over he just mentioned, Well, I just know I'm really looking forward to John Wick three, and people would just light up. People who had been looking bored and checked out and miserable. And it was just all excitement and everybody was going to be there opening night. It was, it, And that doesn't happen that often anymore. Yeah, I, I think that there is a sense, you're right, like I actually saw John Wick 1, but not in theater, uh, uh, and I liked it a lot. I didn't catch John Wick 2, and then I just went and saw John Wick 3, and I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit, with this whole, like the world of this is so cool. So I mm-hmm. actually just for this podcast went back and watched 2, but I sort of similarly like missed the boat on the like richness of John mm-hmm. Wick uh, uh, <laughs> until just recently. And yeah, I, I think you're right, Eileen, that there's a sense of like something is going on here i'm mm. like whoa there's like a good movie franchise happening <laughs> like wh- holy shit like yeah. let's all go watch it at the theaters <laughs> it just shows how impoverished our movie I, yes. lives are. <laughs> oh, my God. it is true like there's an element of john wick where it's like you know john wick movies are very very good you kind of wish every action movie was this good <laughs> like and, and this should like sort of be the base level but uh, uh but you're right like it's like this is how starved we are for non-superhero franchise just action films like blockbuster popcorn action films absolutely and it's found such powerful ways to get audience identification you're just a hundred percent there in that world mm-hmm. and that was the kind of the impulse behind what i what i wrote in my review which was just just distress like why are we identifying so hard Mm -hmm. with this world that some critics are you know if they complain at all i mean it's getting pretty good reviews but if they complain it's like it's so ludicrously over the top fantastical in some way this assassin's world that kind Mm -hmm. of hides in plain sight amongst us and (laughs) uh, you know the continental hotel (laughs) and there's one in every city it seems but the one we are concentrated on is new york city and that's where they all go to congregate (laughs) talk they just can't kill they can't do any business they can't kill each other can't kill anybody um, but why should we like all feel a hundred percent in? Why why is our buy-in so strong? And that's what was most striking to me. It's just like why why am I so like yes, John Wick and I <laughs> Yeah <laughs> are gonna fight this fight. <laughs> it, it weirdly does have a kind of like wish fulfillment kind of element to mm. it, which I thought was a very good point to to point out that a lot of this is like John Wick not only gets to get revenge on the people who wrong him, mm-hmm. which is something that I think we can all relate to, but also everyone like treats Treats him really nice, and they like bring him whiskey and stuff like that. And this he is- like has a tailor and shit. <laughs> exactly, and this is a world where it's a kind of somber, yeah, working life in which 
but everything is handled exquisitely and beautifully. I yeah. mean, like you can get what you need for these like mysterious gold coins that you pass across and never, it's never in amounts. It's you just slide one coin right. and it's like a little membership card or something. And then you yeah. get anything you need or want in the assassin's world. And so of course it just, it just fulfills so much craving that you have in your own crapo life yeah, where you can't yeah. get anything, <laughs> you know, without, you know, feeling like you're getting gouged for it right. and just you're getting rooked all the time and you feel just looked down upon. You know, I, I was reading up on it before I came up and I thought, oh, well, I had to know some more backstory. And, and the working title for the um, the script was initially called it was initially Scorn. Oh. And I just thought that is cool. I, it just seems like, yeah, the world you live in a world of scorn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now you get to fight your way through it, and the body <laughs> count will be high. Yeah, you know? so so the, another I, element. Sorry, I, go I, ahead. I, I just wanted to tell the title of your article, your review of John Wick mm. uh, Three is "John Wick Three Delivers the Justice We All Crave." Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, life in America sucks. Average people are constantly wrong and have little recourse to justice. That's why it's so satisfying to watch Keanu Reeves kick everyone's ass. Over and over in the John Wick movie. <laughs> Which makes it sound less violent than it actually is. He's what he's noted for is the kill shot to the head. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, but but exactly. It's and it's a very rough justice, which is t- yeah. typical of the action film. Like it's we're not talking courts of law here. We're talking <laughs> they will die. They will die for what they have done. And and of course that's the famous premise of the the initial the first movie as well as pretty much the whole franchise is what is done to john wick initially is so god awful yes. that anything he does in in return is justified so yeah famously his puppy is killed by this horrifying gangster fail son goon yeah. and Dion Greyjoy. Dion Greyjoy. Yeah, um, yeah. Alfie yeah. Allen. Yeah, Alfie so, Allen, who's terrific. So it looks yeah. like Alfie a human Allen's brother who she wrote that song about how he smoked weed in his bedroom all day. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but go ahead. Sorry, yeah, I interrupted so, you. So the first film, John Wick One, a very like straightforward, kind of mm. bare bones plot. Um yeah. the uh Alfie Allen's character is this gangster um who wants what john wick has which is a car mm-hmm. and he goes to john wick's house and um kills his puppy and st- so, steals the car but even mm-hmm. before that i want to say really quickly that th- this movie is so efficient in like setting up who john wick is even before we know who he had that he's an assassin the first 10 minutes of this movie are like up like it's this like oh, yeah. really That's efficient right. telling of like a love and then like loss uh-huh. and you, like it really is like if if just a boy showed up at the door and balloons and all that the movie could just be up from that point. That's so <laughs> right, and I was so impressed by that. It's yeah. the, the only setup, but it's hyper efficient. Yes. Is love of his life dies of cancer posthumously she has a dog delivered a lovely yep. little puppy named daisy delivered yep. to his house and the next thing you know encounter with horrible gangster son right bim bam boom they come in they kill the puppy they take the car and from then on you were just off to the races and it's so I- remarkable in it's just concision <laughs> And I want to say about this, I want to say about the about that it is the puppy getting killed and that it is, you know, the puppy that his wife sent him and everything like that. There there are other revenge fantasy movies. There's a Mm. lot of like there's Death Wish. There's a lot of other revenge fantasy movies. And I think what makes John Wick so much more appealing is that like the the revenge fantasy isn't so like fascist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like these other ones like Punisher and Death Wish and stuff. It's like criminals kill his family and the police like don't go far enough. So he has to like take it into his own hands and like right. kill all the bad guys. This is like a puppy gets killed <laughs> and it does, the cops do not have anything to do with this. There's right. a different world where assassins live <laughs> and it's all different from our. Yeah, there's something a yeah. lot more appealing about the death and killing in this that I'm like, OK, like I like I don't have like political problems with yeah, John Wick. It's, <laughs> right. It, yeah. It kind of feels like everybody in this world kind of signed up for that. Yeah. For <laughs> this thing. It's like everybody bought in. It's at like some paintball point. or something. Yeah, they, they all agreed that if you go around fucking with people you're gonna get shot in the head it's not just him <laughs> like taking matters into his own hands like no this is kind of what happens but i do want to point out like one scene that i feel kind of is odd and they mm-hmm. haven't really returned to and talked about a lot mm-hmm. this right immediately after he meets alfie and alfie's kind of a dick 
to him at the gas station. No mm-hmm. more than like any other average rich asshole would be to you. There's a scene where John drives around this empty parking lot, like angry and furious and just mm-hmm. gritting his teeth. And I feel like in the first film, at least they were kind of trying to tell us that John Wick is just kind of a psychopath well, sure. who is looking mm. for an excuse to let go. And I think they say it in two also. They say yeah, it in two. Also. I feel mm-hmm. like they've kind of gone away from that. Like they t- soften that a little bit because we like him so much. Like yeah. if he's just a guy who just wants to kill people uh, and just was looking for any excuse to do it and the puppy was the excuse, that's mm-hmm. a different character. And that's not who we really want Keanu to be, even though I think he's kind of good in those few scenes where he kind of bears his teeth and shows that he like really enjoys uh, ripping people apart. Right. And that's so interesting because I literally have no memory. That just shows you I whitewashed that scene right (laughs) out of my mind. I don't even remember them trying to pitch that that way though you know that's got a long that's got a history in action films like Takeshi Kitano's fireworks is all about a guy (laughs) who's just been pushed and pushed until he's like a psychotic and so and and it's probably Keanu he seems so right you know he's such a you know calm (laughs) almost to the point of does he have a a pulse he's not just just calm he's calming he calms (laughs) other people (laughs) he's the most soothing star in the entire world usually those two words yeah don't go together it's kind of hard to like buy Keanu as like a sick murderer because exactly. he just feels so like mournful about it. Like, That's exactly like Keanu, it. Yeah, uh, and I, so and I, I remember I think you're right, Leslie, that they maybe pulled back on that because it's just not Keanu. I think that's right. And I and I think I, I remember watching it and thinking, I don't know that I'd love this movie. I mean, I, it's still going to be a great movie, but I, I don't know if I would have loved it as much without Keanu. When you think mm-hmm. about someone else who's a kind of ferocious, more ferocious action star, you just be like. You can't have that. That would be too much. That would be too, I don't know. That would be unpleasant. I can't have Jason movie. Statham do it. I kind of agree. <laughs> like, there's a sort of, like, like methiness to a Jason Statham movie. And maybe I'm just talking about a, a crank or something like that. But, like, I kind of agree that, like, I, like I, I actually walk away from the John Wick series and then thinking about Matrix and everything. I'm like, maybe Keanu Reeves is one of our greatest movie stars. <laughs> actually, like, really? he might be. Yeah. How many can command your affection right. <laughs> as much as, as he can? You just got to love that guy. Well, he's also like really good at fighting, too. Like yeah. he like <laughs> learned fighting really, really good. And he's mm-hmm. like good at it. He like is a good physical actor. Which is such a tough thing. I mean, sometimes yeah. if you're watching the Taken series and you're watching Liam Neeson lumber around, you know, you got to give it to him. <laughs> he is an older dude, but, but he's got a kind of freight train quality when he like runs and stuff. And you're like, geez, I don't know. <laughs> and, there's, and there's a famous like, oh, who did it? Was it the Honest Movie Trailer guy? Somebody did a, a hilarious um, scene of showing him try to climb a fence and jump over it. And there's like 16 cuts. <laughs> I have seen that. Yeah. <laughs> So there is that issue that's vitally important in action film of do you move well? Can you move? I mean, yeah, it's like it's like, you know, Tom Cruise, weird guy for sure. Weird guy. I think we can all agree. But I'm like, Tom Cruise is like a movie star like those really is. And I feel like that's like a part of it is like you can kind of do it all like he's really doing all those stunts in the Mission Impossible movies. And Mm -hmm. he's a very compelling actor. I kind of feel similarly about John Wick. I'm like, he's great as an actor we love him he's mm-hmm. like, he's a thoughtful man it seems like even though maybe not like the brightest guy in the whole <laughs> planet uh, uh, and also really good at fighting but yeah so, so jack you bring up tom cruise and it made me think yeah. of the jack reacher series which is probably his series as closest to john wick and mm-hmm. in yeah. the second one i don't know if you've seen it but at the end it's uh, he gives a really brutal kill to the main um antagonist and it feels kind of like off because tom cruise has the crazy eyes right like he he like knees the guy in the back of the head breaks his neck and says look at me look at me and toss him out of building now Mm -hmm. in it feels like kind of like really extreme really violent i liked it but it's not like a heroic thing it's not something a, a thing i root for 
Keanu does that like 30 times in each of these <laughs> movies and we're just fine with it. Like the violence it's, it's, in I, this I, I is just really like, brutal. Yeah. And I, I, because it's Keanu, he can get away with it. He can totally Keanu is it. mournful. Keanu you can tell in his <laughs> eyes that he doesn't like violence. He's like got that sort of like, you know, mournful Shinobi kind of thing or <laughs> yes. something like that. Like, uh, whereas Tom Cruise is like an executive A-type person who right. like, is specifically thinking about every. He's like fucking Patrick uh, Bateman or something. Something, you know what I mean? He's like knows every bone he's gonna break. Yeah, he's so type A <laughs> yeah. that there's it's a little unpleasant. I mean, where it works so well for him, Edge of Tomorrow is like perfect. Yeah, yeah. oh god, where he's a PR asshole who doesn't ever want to get into the fight, <laughs> but when he gets into it, all of his Tom his Tom Cruise type A energy is going to make great. him unkillable. Yeah, that's where he's great. But yeah, well, yeah, Keanu, it's 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 the lovability factor that you yeah you you and and. Let you know you can never underestimate the impact of the puppy kill. That was uh-huh. that's so forbidden that, uh-huh. according anyway to to Chad Stahelski, the director, he tells the story of having to be called up to the to the big offices of his bosses, you know, the production heads, the studio heads, and basically, come on, are you really going to do this? Uh, people <laughs> won't stand for it. Dogs, you you have occasionally seen killed in like Mad Max and stuff, but that's extreme. Puppy, Jesus. Yeah. It's wild that they go there. That's the first thing that happens. Yeah. <laughs> John Wick, that's your inciting incident for the entire series is like the most heightened thing possible. And it does set like it does. <sighs> I, had a, I almost want to bring up Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It like sets the tone for the violence later being more effective is how I feel like it's similar to Cannibal Holocaust, even though they're very, very different. Well, absolutely, in that they can keep referring back to it as a kind of origin that everyone can be like, oh, well, yeah. You know, yeah, you can have absolutely. the whole dog fight scene it's this with thing Halle Berry. That you witnessed. And, yeah. Yeah. And, so, and she'll be like, he shot my dog. And, and he can say, I, I get it. And we'll all laugh along. Yep. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But, you know, Leslie, you brought up a really interesting thing, which is like the politics um, and, and, and how to relate to the politics of this film, or maybe, mm-hmm. oh, maybe, maybe not, maybe I'm giving the wrong credit. And who was someone it brought was, up? I it was, was great, me. Yeah, I it was you. It was my very good point. It was, actually. it was, it was your not very Leslie's. good point. I almost, <laughs> and that's so, thank you. Thank you very a, much. Yeah. That's, I'm sorry. That's such a thing in action film is you, you yeah. so often have to grapple with like, God, this is really bad. <laughs> this is bad <laughs> shit that I'm watching here. You're often rooting for some CIA shit or some, mm-hmm. I don't no, there's all so many bad people uh-huh. you're asked to kind of embrace and the whole the whole history of the action film really goes back to a kind of kind of well if you if you count it from say early 70s it's it's you know early to mid 70s it's the dirty harrys and the death wishes right. and Pop movies pretty much yeah yeah and the angry you know the, the general scholarly take it's this, it's expressing a kind of angry disenfranchised white working class mentality mm-hmm. that's being pandered to in in bad ways at least according to a lot of critics and scholars mm-hmm. so that's always something that if you want to enjoy the action film you just feel like you're gritting your teeth through mm-hmm. a lot of setups and here you're right you kind of feel like most of the time, I don't have to. This is a luxury. I'm like, I don't personally know what my politics are on like a hidden high class assassin world. It's I really actually tough to haven't thought about it. I haven't <laughs> thought that much about it. I'm like, I guess assassin work is work, and so they're workers. But it is so useful. That, you know, I made the big argument in my review about for in the way that you can see the direct appeal to. A kind of working class that yes. can't get certain things in life, but and here they are. Here, this is all for you. It's like they're giving us all this wish fulfillment. I, um, I do agree, and I think it was a good point in your piece that you. When, I think it was was it Keanu or somebody was asked like, why are these movies good? And it was like because Keanu and the director love the audience, and I kind of agree. It's they like absolutely you, do. You are giving uh-huh. this audience, and I think actually Fast and Furious kind of does the same thing, just mm-hmm. with like allowing people to experience fancy cars and mm-hmm. stuff like that it's like you're giving them a luxury experience to even like w- be witness to this world you know right and and just get the these moments of identification in a world mm-hmm. that's so exquisite and so even even the way everything's elevated in a in a somewhat you know, luridly ridiculous over the top way you know all the fancy <laughs> terms that are applied yes. <laughs> even calling the film 
Yeah, <laughs> they're calling the film Parabellum, and you know, there's yes. all this elevation of. of I everything. love how over the top and operatic. I'm like, sure, if, like for the movie about like, uh, just like how many creative ways can you shoot someone in the head? <laughs> like, uh, yes, please put opera under it and everything. Yes, exactly. Please, please give me the gorgeous, gorgeous imagery and the intensely uh-huh. beautiful lighting scheme. Everything looks grandiose and wonderful and so you get this fantasy of in this alternate criminal underworld everything is gorgeous and there's all this kind of very very solemn you know honor culture exchanges that that you know you you can there's just a craving for that we live such Mm -hmm. horribly mingy Uh (laughs) degrading (laughs) lives and you can't you to get that feeling well you don't get to have that feeling yeah you get to have that feeling when you're rich. You know what I'd like to see in a John Wick movie, just based on your idea, based on your interpretation here, is I'd like to see John Wick take a, a flight on a plane. I want to know what it's like. <laughs> for assassins. What, is what do the we, assassins get? Exactly. What do they? That that must be so nice. Just oh to even God. imagine it is nice for me. <laughs> yeah, I bet it's like those old fifties ads for airlines. Yeah. Like, you're sitting on a giant couch having cocktails you know, in the middle wow. of a very large place. Wow. <laughs> well, Jack, you mentioned that makes me think of another um, massive action franchise currently on twenty two films, and you see a lot of people. Not necessarily in airplanes, but at airport hangars, uh, empty airport uh-huh. hangars, uh, having fights. And that's, of course, yeah. the MCU. Now, you, when you look at any scene in John Wick, they're trying to visually stimulate you, like the mm-hmm. club scene in the first one, the mirror scene at the end of the second uh-huh. one. My right, God, right. like <laughs> all these, you know, crazy visual things besides the extremely elaborate fight choreography like mm-hmm. besides that they're trying to do all these things and then when you look at the marvel films that cost like 10 times as much right. as any of the wick films and there is all just green screen nonsense the choreography even mm-hmm. on the cgi characters isn't any good there's people just sitting in office buildings and the airport hangars talking in rooms constantly <laughs> like, <nothing laughs> about it is interesting that civil war fight is i actually think one of the worst fights in cinema ever actually <laughs> when they're at like the big open just airport and like they're just like jumping at each other i actually think it's one of the worst ever well it and, looks like it's from an industrial film about an airport fuck like and, it, and in an interview chad stahelski talks about the weird they one of the things they did coming up to getting their big chance with john wick is they were first stunt people stunt coordinators and then mm-hmm. they shot second unit second unit direction and they said there are a lot of people who direct their action films and can sign the action scenes to the right. second unit. And you're like, what? The main thing you care about in an action film are the action scenes. And they hand those to second unit directors mm-hmm. a lot of the time. That's just Well, that shocking. was what the uh, – who was it? There was a director that was, uh, um, that was like asked to direct Black Widow or something like that. Uh-huh. And she was offended because they were like, you won't direct the action scenes. Uh, and they were – you know, the her sort of take on it was like women can't direct the action scenes. Like, And I was like, no, I think that that's probably the deal they give to Jon Favreau too. I, like, I think Disney's not common. letting these people direct the action scenes like because that's all done by the previous guys and the animators yeah. it's just that's madness but lucretia yeah. martel was the name of the director lucretia martel yes yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yeah so i mean who would i mean stahelski also i think quite rightly compared compared shooting accent to shooting musicals musical yeah. numbers <laughs> which isn't the first certainly not the first time that people have observed that but it's an important point all that choreography mm-hmm. all that beautiful kinetic movement all that stuff um, but the idea that a director of a musical wouldn't direct the musical numbers, no, no one would accept that. So th- yeah. th- this is truly, a, truly a kind of madness that we, what a big part of what you're after is not only we're getting the gorgeousness, we're getting all the interesting f- factors in the world itself, and we're getting just, just these incredible pioneering action scenes, which is by now almost impossible to do. Mm-hmm. We've seen so many action scenes. How many different ways can you stage a fight? But the stable scene, nobody's ever done that. At least I don't know of it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. No, and that is really completely unprecedented as far as I know. <laughs> and this is where, uh, Eileen, I'm not sure if you, you're familiar with our podcast, but we do have mm-hmm. a position on films versus video games where we oh, think okay, sure. currently – when we're talking about, you know, where these two mediums overlap, which is, you know, these kind of big 
action sci-fi narratives. Mm-hmm. Um, video games currently are better than the Hollywood comparable movies. In and so that's also taken year to year. We're not talking about the whole lifetime of it. We're talking about like 2017 versus 2017. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, uh, right. The yeah. film wins if you take it in, in total, if you take it in total. But post-2010, like like each like uh, uh, blockbuster games versus blockbuster movies, mm-hmm. games games have been winning. And See, this is what this horrifies me because this means I'm going to have to start getting into gaming. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been resisting this for so many years, but it might have because I keep saying, where's the genius? Where is it? It's gone somewhere and it's somewhere I'm not seeing. So it's now def- you're telling me that's where <laughs> games yes. are also oh. pretty bad, too, is the thing. Oh, so really? It's just that the <laughs> culture is exceedingly bad right now. Uh, so there is yeah. that as a problem. Well, well I, I'm not sure if that's fair. I think video games, because when I watched John Wick Parabellum, John Wick 3, mm-hmm. I realized oh wait this is so good because it's a video game like all <laughs> like like the, the the motorcycle scene especially that oh, yeah. is what you do in a video game that's how you have a motorcycle fight in a video game like even <laughs> going back to final fantasy 7 with everybody right. pulling out the swords that is those are shots those are scenes those are concepts mm-hmm. that come from video games and of course anime True. too and i mm-hmm. feel like this john wick film it part of what makes it the series so good is that it can heavily borrow from these other things like it's mm-hmm. not nec- it is kind it kind of feels like a pastiche of like you know action movies obviously mm-hmm. that we love but also like mm-hmm. video games and anime and cartoons and comic yeah. books but in a way but it still has like a very clear like aesthetic vision of what it wants to be so it puts that all on top of it and it's not as um obvious or clear uh easy to notice as opposed to when like Quentin Tarantino will just take mm-hmm. a costume straight from a Bruce Lee film and put it right in right mm-hmm. yeah and well and and one other thing that is 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 more elusive I think that they have is they can still come up with things that are very sort of simple but visceral like the scene in the mm-hmm. live the fight scene in the library we killed the dude with the book the yeah. book. And and when he breaks his neck like over the spine of the book, you just feel that crunch yeah. so hard and making you feel anything by now in an action film, it's hard to do. I mean, I'm always reminded of like like Die Hard is a great example because of the shoot shoot the glass scene. So that yeah. you know, Bruce Bruce Willis is gonna survive nine thousand bullets, but he's gotta run on broken glass oh, in order to do it and he's yeah feet are just gore behind him and you yeah. you feel it so hard and to come up with those those aspects yeah. are, are that's hard to do i think at this point there's there's a yeah. lot of pyrotechnics you can do especially because you've seen a lot and you can combine all el- other elements but to be able to think of like what what what's the can i make the audience feel it that's a that's yeah. a real challenge and one another thing they really do with the Wick films, good is scale, scale mm-hmm. of the story, and increasing it and wrapping it up progressively. Like mm-hmm. I always use the example uh, with the MCU. So in Guardians of the Galaxy two, the stakes are that uh, Ego, the Living Planet, is going to mm-hmm. destroy all life in the galaxy, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Pratt, Chris Pratt and a talking raccoon manage to stop <laughs> right, him. right, right, right. <laughs> the sco- the uh, scale that the stakes in Avengers: Infinity War, uh, where they have to get all the heroes together, is that mm-hmm. Thanos is going to kill just half the life. In the <laughs> Guardians, Guardians Two is like more. That was a more dangerous situation uh-huh. that everyone was in. <laughs> and, right. So yeah, so how do you manage the embiggening, the, the lar- ever larger and more significant? You mean so like where can where can John Wick continue to go like after four? <laughs> but yeah, well, but they've been doing the, a very good job yeah, with it. They, they are they are metering this out in such a sort of like small way. It's like mm-hmm. not the first one only introduces this idea that there are kind of there's like a secret world of mm-hmm. assassins. It's the second one that kind of introduces all the rules of mm-hmm. that world and that mm-hmm. there is a structure to it and the. Third one, we're only at the point where it's like, when what if like that world they didn't give you help? Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Like, we don't really know the history. Like we don't know what the fuck is going on with uh, uh, with Lawrence Fishburne. Like they have really been they've like been very uh, uh, particular about like what elements we get in each movie. That's true. They they are holding back in a really <laughs> nice yeah, way, it, even though they're hinting like the next one is going to be an outbreak of like a, a rebellion war against you know the high table. Yeah, and we've gotten much more international. 
you know, in, in the, in the, in the last one, you go to Morocco, you go here, you go there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, now we're pulling in kind of world, world leadership and st- and a rebellion against that. But, you know, I guess that's true. We also don't know any details about John Wick's upbringing beyond trained yeah. as an assassin by the director. Yeah. Um, Ruska Roma, uh, played by Angelica Houston. You know, we're getting that by eyedropper, <laughs> you know, the amounts of information yeah. on what the backstory there is. Yeah. And this is the way you tell like a serial story and like not run out of fumes by the second mm-hmm. one. You don't like this world is not at stake in John Wick one. It's just mm-hmm. like his dog and his personal problem. Right, right, That's right, the right. only thing at stake. In the second one, it's like he wants, he wants to get out. He thinks he's out, but then he's pulled back in for to do this one job, one last job that goes, you know, that gets fucked up. And now he mm-hmm. has to get revenge against this guy who, who tried to kill him right mm-hmm, but he's mm-hmm. pushed to the point where he breaks uh, a cardinal rule and right. now he's on the run in the second one and and the second and uh, in the third one and yeah the third one is just him being kind of on the run seeing if he can get back in see if he can get back out and we're we finally get at the end we get him betrayed um by you know what we thought was his friend in mm-hmm. uh, winston and because winston ultimately sides with the bosses and John Wick now is, you know, injured, damaged, but he has a part, but Morpheus from the Matrix has come back. Yes. And now <laughs> Morpheus is back. So that's cool. Now they're going to take out the whole thing. Maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I do love the increasing, I mean, I'm a little disappointed in that he was on the run. And that was so great. It seems like you could have milked the on yeah. the run forever. And and I guess he I guess he still will be, but you do feel like I don't know, do we really think Winston really betrayed him? Don't you think it's a right. fake? <laughs> it's also funny, but it's like they these things like they are metering it out so slowly mm-hmm. and we know so little about everybody that they could literally make a whole movie about like, well, what if like Morpheus betrayed him. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like that's a right, whole right, film. Right, 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 right. I'm like, whoa! What? What? Could you imagine? I don't know anything about who this guy is. <laughs> but I, I really, I love. I have the a visceral response to any story plotline where more and more certain character, your favorite character or characters, are getting pushed to the margins, and mm-hmm. there's no safe place, and, and they've got these tiny pockets of sanctuary. I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't write about it, but it seems to me it, it fits again with a kind of mood and experience people are having in life. Of yeah. like I'm being pushed to the wall here. Even my friends have <laughs> fucking betrayed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I don't know where I'm going to go. I mean, it's not just surveillance state stuff. It's right. more than that. Like they're not going to let me live. This is like we're getting down to it. There's going to be nowhere to go. I mean, there's also the ah. element of like you're not allowed to retire. Like, yes. oh yeah. Of, like, John Wick is like, I don't want to work anymore, right, and then right. the whole Very world nice. is like, you must, you must, <laughs> you have to work, or you're gonna, we're gonna kill you. <laughs> you and your dog can never settle down anywhere no that's exactly john right wick, john wick three forward i guess two forward mm-hmm. it's just a man's desire to not fucking have the have the job anymore <laughs> yeah, right. that is very much true yeah that's really good yeah so high hopes because they're just doing yeah, such a, a fantastic job so yeah. far yeah John Wick is about uh, what it's what it's like to need health insurance. Right. Really it does seem like there are all these one-to-one translations. He's got to go into this kind of shithole and see this doctor. I mean, that is what, like, literally in three, they repeal his health insurance. Right, like, he right. goes to the doctor and they're like, you only have one hour left right. and I can't treat you and anymore. And I can only sew you up halfway. In ten seconds, you're not covered anymore. I'm so sorry. That's like, exactly I get it. Right. I know. No, it's perfect for an increasingly weird feeling of scarcity amidst amidst like lavishness it's all around yeah, you yeah, you can't yeah. get it it's yeah. really astute yeah interesting <laughs> that's funny so i know i wonder if the directors i should look up their background there's supposedly there's a don david leach is is also one and isn't credited i don't know what crazy deal with the directors guild but at any rate if, what are their right. ba- are these working class guys do they really understand or just they do they or love is it their just audience like picking up much? this world by osmosis and they love the audience i don't know yeah Idea. I feel I like most of they were like they started off as like stuntmen. Like uh, yeah, they did. Chad is a stuntman, so I don't think I don't know a lot of um, 
wealthy people who decide <laughs> become that, stuff. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's true. It is the job you do because they're like, we'll like you know, are you? Are, can we pay you to like hit you in the head with a board? <laughs> like, stunt people are very funny. I've like met and we're like work with stunt people, and I think they mostly just like are like, yeah, I can do that, and then like kind of figure it out. <laughs> like, uh, I wonder how much of a science there is to some of the stunts and how much it is just like. I can take a, a a a piece of wood to the head. No, I I, that's, I find that absolutely amazing and incredible. That's great that you actually know one. I would love to gr- just grill a stunt person. Like, what's the <laughs> motivation and what is that like? And and you know, a certain amount of kudos to Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood having the relationship of a fading actor and his stunt guy as yeah. a central kind of relationship that's going to be i hope they're going to do stuff with that because not only is it funny there's there is a kind of i don't know i don't want to say tragedy but there's a kind of melancholy that's there's also funny built right into yeah. it yeah yeah david leach i guess was uh brad pitt's stunt double in a lot of things so, oh really yeah yeah so it, you're right it does seem like a very working class thing you pull out yeah. the guy who's valuable and you put in the guy who yeah <laughs> you can yeah. kill that david guy leach, david leach got into hollywood by looking kind of like brad pitt and being willing to get hurt ah that's perfect that is perfect yeah life on the line stuff it's amazing well and supposedly that's the legend of john wayne is that he 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 built his persona on his stunt guy yakima Knut. That's where he got oh, the famous walk. I didn't know that. And so supposedly Knook is, is the one who trained him how to do all this physical stuff that became definitive as John Wayne. But anyway, that's the that's the rumor um, that it was all based on his, you know, he's still a famous stunt guy, but he's only as famous as a stunt guy can be. So <laughs> that's only so famous. I choose yeah. to believe any slander against John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> that he stole <laughs> the stance of his stuntman. Yeah, that's probably it. So the cast in the, these films are kind of nuts like like it's every person i liked from the 90s as well as like some cool people from hbo too and a couple <laughs> of young hip you know stars too and also like basketball players yeah and like wasn't like one of the guys was like the iron chef or something yes, like that i yes. believe yeah yes the guy in the last big fight scene i'm forgetting his name yeah who's good actually the iron chef guy like is good he like kind of is like oh, he's you good mean in that mark scene. DeCoscos? Yes. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. is so good. Like I remember watching him on when they had a TV series based on The Crow and he played Brandon Lee's character. It was called The Crow's Stairway to right. Heaven. Mm-hmm, and it was like mm-hmm. a syndicated one of those syndicated shows during the height of those syndicated shows when you had Xena, Highlander, all that mm-hmm. shit. I loved mm-hmm. I loved that I've loved him since then and like it, it was so like fulfilling to see this guy who I watched on TV as a kid get to be in this big budget film and be the mm-hmm. main villain working across Keanu Reeves because he's just a working actor. He's a working yeah. class actor. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done anything big or had anything big. He just like is keeps showing up, you know, for all these small roles, you know, direct to mm-hmm. TV stuff. And now mm-hmm. he like kind of gets his due. He gets this kind of meaty um, villain role where he gets to mm-hmm. show that he has great martial arts skill and also has like a lot of humor too he was so funny but yeah. his face is he's just his yeah. pop eyes staring <laughs> big fan you know he was really funny he was really really good in it <laughs> yeah um, he was. I, i'm still kind of looking up who these directors are and i have another little interesting thing mm. i and i this might speak to how john wick got made uh, uh stahelski who's chad mm-hmm. stahelski the director was a stunt double for keanu reeves in the matrix mm-hmm. franchise so I'm like, what? This feels like I like this. Actually, it kind of feels like this is a movie. Like all the working class, like stunt guys, came together and made a movie. And like Keanu Reeves, like you know, was like, yeah, you guys should make a movie and like let them sell it with his name. Yeah, it does seem as if yeah that the even even the guy who was writing it and now I'm already blanking on his name. I looked it up. Um, shoot, uh, you know, he had been writing like Dolph Lundgren action mm. films, like really be. B level stuff before he before he wrote this one and and I guess he brought it to Keanu Reeves he somehow got it to him and that's how it sort of started and then Keanu Reeves of course knew as you say he knew the Chad this the yeah. stunt double and so it does seem like a kind of revenge of the like a conspiracy it's like it almost is like it almost is like 
it's like made by the secret society yeah. of stunt doubles, <laughs> right, like in the right. same way that the, there's a secret society of assassins, and they're like, <laughs> right. they're like, yeah, we're kind of like this secret group of people that are really good at fighting and beating each other up and stuff like that. And it's so apt. I mean, the, the, yeah, you it know, worked. It really makes a lot of sense that the guys who yeah. never get the credit, you know, imagine the bitterness of being the one who actually goes in and does all, <laughs> yeah. actually does it all, and now you finally yeah. are going to get credit. Jesus, yeah. They're being so nice, too, in interviews. They're just all so happy and nice. They're not saying a word. <laughs> There's also kind of the element of, like, these are all the people that have, like, worked on other people's movies. And mm. this is kind of like a, it's our chance. Like, let's make it like a masterpiece. Like, let's come together and right. make the masterpiece of, you know, right. action film. And were- well, and it is. And now that you get these prestige people, you get Angelica Houston. And I was just like, when I heard about that, I was like, what now? Angelica <laughs> Houston is in yeah, so now it's it's high profile enough that you're you're drawing on these and she's you're right, she's another 90s, you know, leading leading lady of the 90s, you know, and, and fantastic. Halle and Berry, here she pops John up. Halle Berry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like somebody kept a list of all their favorites from the 90s. Well, now it's like, you know, we're in the third one, so that gets to that that kind of like expendables point where people are like, I want in one. I want to be in <laughs> yeah. one of these. Oh, like absolutely. they're like calling Oh yeah, absolutely. You can imagine the calls coming in, and you. But you think Keanu, Reeves, but Keanu Reeves has this erratic career. I think he gets called out. You know, people think he's all done, and then he'll come back, and you know that there was. He's a, he's, oh, go he's ahead. A true movie star. It's because he's a true movie star. Yeah, you, know, you can never count him out. It's amazing. you can ne- never resign him to Netflix streaming. You just can't put him on. TV. <laughs> he's not going to fall for it. He's still a movie star. <laughs> He really is. It'll always be another franchise. Yeah. It was hilarious reading about the script development. They were like very earnestly saying this was we had Paul Newman in mind from, you know, when he was an older actor. <laughs> we were thinking like a six, you know, a guy in his 60s who would be like Paul Newman. But then, oh, well, we had to sacrifice the idea of a 60 something guy to get Keanu. And I'm like, <laughs> Keanu's 54. He's not that far away. <laughs> We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there by 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 exactly. week six. Week six. <laughs> That's right. He'll be there. And, and so one thing, one moment that I really love, besides the fight scene, I love that, that the music is actually cool and badass mm-hmm. and electronic and operatic, yeah. and mm-hmm. not like pop songs from the seventies played ironically. That that <laughs> has infested. It started with yeah. like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's infested every. Mm-hmm. I feel like action. it started with like Tarantino, oh, but it well, became Tarantino, bad. With, well, Tarantino wasn't like action. Like I feel like with Tarantino, it was a little bit different. Like it wasn't ironic. I don't think, or it was a different kind of irony. Like when he's when he's chopping up somebody to uh, stuck in the middle with you. Like it's, <laughs> right, a, right. it's a dark irony right. compared right. to like what whatever like shitty song. It's not just like cutting it to uh, uh, Mr. Blue Sky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and Tarantino and the Coen brothers always get a pass on their soundtracks because they really curate them in such a way that they make music, you know, the songs come back to you in such force. You know, they're really gifted at that. But you're right. There's this kind of lazy trend that developed and you're it's such a mercy. You're right. Yeah. That it's not any part of, <laughs> of the John Wicks because that was getting old. In fact, one of my favorite moments of this series is in the credits for uh the third film is mm. an original song by bush by bush from the no. 90s like that was it it warped wow. me back to like 1998 when i'm wow. when i'm watching like blade in the theaters yeah, or something like yeah. that it felt like 30 like 20 30 years of like awful pop culture had been washed away <laughs> and i was immediately transported back to my youth and i was being able to see like cool ass r-rated action movies with badass music with alternative <laughs> rock bands that were still around like it was such a wonderful moment <laughs> i need to get more at- attentive to these soundtrack details i really that totally blew by me wow i'm ashamed and, and it's funny the reason they were it was uh they were able to do it is because Bush was oh. having their um, album um, produced by Tyler Bates, who does the soundtrack for John Wick. But oh, of, no way. But of course, Gavin Rossdale has a history with Keanu. He was the villain in Constantine, extremely underrated 90s uh, action movie. Oh, no, where, I've got to watch it then. I've never seen that. Oh, it's so fun. Wow. It's so, it's so fun. With Ke- Starring, of course, Keanu Reeves. So yeah. uh, he talked about how he got the shit, he used to get the shit beat out of him by um, the director of John Wick because he was. Uh, he was uh, he was coordinating the action scenes on Constantine. 
Oh my god! All right, I gotta watch it then, man. No, I mean there were certain certain Keanu f- films, much as I loved him, that I would tend to bow out nervously, and <laughs> and I should have that one again. <laughs> Ever since seeing him, what was it? Uh, probably Coppola's Dracula, and you know Keanu and Period, <laughs> you know. But you love him more because he can't do it. Can't really handle certain things. So I, I I do. People have always said that Keanu is a bad actor and mm-hmm. i think i think that's kind of been washed away recently but i think the john wick films yeah. especially um have kind of gotten rid of that but was that do you, do we ever think that was really fair or do we just think that it was you know racism against his california accent <laughs> I, I kind of think the latter i actually think keanu's never been a bad actor he's just been like a different actor and i think he got a bad rap what was the early movie oh bill and ted i think everyone like put him in his like 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 really associated him with bill and ted which by the way are fucking that's a good, they movie. Are good movie bill and ted is like a good movie and he's good in it you know i think that people are like he was so good in it that they thought that was really him or something but right. yeah like I, I, you know, I'm sure that there's some stinkers. I don't, I haven't seen all of his well, oeuvre, more, but like, or he seems to me like he's really a modern guy. And so yeah. for a while there, they were putting you in roles. I mean, literally, he, and he, actually the bad acting rap came up in some recent profile. I forget for the New Yorker or something, some big, you know, highfalutin mm-hmm. paper did a profile and they brought that up. And he said, well, I don't think any of the directors who kept hiring me, you know, cause he worked with just top. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like Scorsese has, has him in 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 Little Buddha. Coppola hires him for Dracula. I mean, right. for a while there, he was, then he does Hamlet on stage. I mean, he was just yeah. doing really, you know, <laughs> high I mean, level complex performances that I don't think particularly served him very well. Right, they right, and and Ke- what he does. Keanu also is like he's doing Keanu like. He's going to do Keanu kind of for every movie. Because he's a movie star. He's, that's, that's what movie stars He's a movie star. He's not like, he's not a Daniel Day-Lewis type of guy. Well, you know what I mean? He's, right. a, he's oh, a classical movie star where he kind of just is himself. So, right. you know, but he's really excellent at that. He's like a super engaging performer. And yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's fair to call Keanu a bad actor. Yeah. And, and th- th- that judgment is always sort of dumb, especially when it comes to stars. You can be the most effective actor performer in the world and not mm-hmm. be quote unquote good by certain standards which people right. you know that usually means trained up in a certain school hyper method right. acting the daniel day lewis school in other words you're either that yeah. or you're nothing absolutely yeah so he can't be more effective than he is <laughs> especially if you put him in certain types of roles that really showcase him and he no one can beat him in in like no one could be in the matrix and be as good as he is right no way and no one could be if, in it, if it's a movie that Keanu Reeves should star in, he'll fucking he'll destroy it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and he just seems like to me, he, he really can represent us in this particular world that we are mm-hmm. in. He's really great in his reactions to just a kind of fucked up mayhem. You know, he ha- does have a slightly kind of stunned or dazed thing that he can play that are qualities of his face and voice that are really perfect and astute and right for where we are now how are we supposed Mm -hmm. to react to the shit we're in right now Mm -hmm. and he can do it he can pull it off compellingly and go like yeah that's how i feel too i'm just yeah i I, yeah keanu has a real appealing thing of like if you lose your job and you like sort of like and the doctor can't help you he's like resigned to it he's like this sucks but like whatever it's fine (laughs) you know i'm still like uh it's not your fault it's fine i kind of figured (laughs) i am just so glad that we don't live in the alternate dimension where after point break and speed Keanu uh, just became like the cop actor because he right. could have oh, gone yeah. down that path and it would be fucking horrible I actually forgot about speed and yeah. speed is really fucking good great yeah I mean I'm actually a little glad though he was too handsome he was so handsome it was distracting <laughs> and, oh, he's a little more weathered and it's yeah. somehow I'm liking him even better now yeah and I, I really s- hope that that Wachowski re- like Matrix reboot happens, and I know that like you know it's not that good whenever anything comes back. But if there's like a Keanu uh, uh, Wachowski's mm. uh, uh, revisit of Matrix, I would be very very excited about that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm certainly willing to to, to go for it again. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I, I'm willing to take the ride. He's I, I would be. I would be so happy if the Matrix came out and uh, uh, and everyone was really upset about it. I'd be like, "Whoa, <laughs> this is going to be a really, really good Matrix movie." <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, folks. We've been talking almost an hour about oh, John okay. Wilk. I I love 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 these movies, but now mm. I'm gonna make you pick a favorite. Which one is oh, the best that's one? So Shit, that's impossible. <laughs> Man. Um, it's like I do love the whole. Exp- I love the expansion of the world of John Wick. I do. I, I really do. Um. For me, I guess I would either go with one just for sort of the like, like the story is so clean in one and it is just so like, you know, uh, uh, contained unto itself. Um, Or I'd maybe go three uh, uh, would be the like the two contenders for my number one. uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like it's it's always hard to pick the in between one. Right. Yeah. Hard. It'll be an interesting challenge when we get to four, and <laughs> yeah. we really won't know what to pick. But yeah, there's one, something on- one is so different in that it's just got that stark clarity and in that momentum that's so clean. But but mm-hmm. on the other hand, you want this kind of fulsome, gorgeous, you know, madness um, of three. Mm. Mm-hmm. I also like in one and three in the in the plot of both one and three, like Wick is really. I don't want to say passive, but things are just happen to him. And in two, I know that it's like he's forced to go do this one last job, but he still kind of chooses to go do this one last job. And I like in one and three how it is just kind of like the world is encroaching on this man who wants nothing to do with it and kind of makes no choices uh, uh, to to try to be a part of it. Uh, that's, that's uh, I think that kind of like works really well in those in, in those two. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. The oppressed, the oppressed feeling and his look uh-huh. of just, God, I've got to fucking thing <laughs> is exactly it. And you're right. It's. It gets a little tricky in that second one where, uh-huh. you know, th- there's a little bit of a, I don't know, a struggle like the, the you know, now he, all he had left was his house. So now, of course, they got to blow up his house. And, and yeah, he gets, <laughs> gets strong armed into the kind of complex, the way he has to kind of kill. He has to kill the sister of an Italian, yes. you know, it's a beautiful scene yeah, gangster um, who because the, the gangster wants his sister's spot on the high table. So he's got to go kill her. He obviously doesn't want to kill her. Um, and, and, and they have to get all tricky with the way she dies because they clearly, it's, it's going to be hard to have him just kill her because yeah. that's yeah. kind of wrong. So she has to kind of commit semi-suicide yeah. and then he has to finish her off with a bullet at the end so he can, you know, fulfill the marker. Cause again, that's right. the other rule. You can't kill people with the continental and you can't not honor a marker. You have to, you have to do you it. You have to, you have to do the marker. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's a And I love two ends up being very good yeah. and it introduces all this stuff with the high table and the larger rules of it and everything like that. But yes, it did bump for me a little. There's a moment when they're like planning a heist and sending John wick in. And it's like, this is John wick, like kind of going in, in as an assassin that felt like wrong somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, there's this sort of James Bond sequence that I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, but it, but the rest surrounding it is, is very, very good. Yeah, it is. We don't mean to disparage two. Two is also yeah. very good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all, they're all good. between them. This is a very hard question. Where are you landing on this list? I'm thinking about it. I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that that scene, the assassination scene in two is straight mm-hmm. from like the Hitman video games. Like there, oh. it is straight from the Hitman video games. Wow, really? Yeah, okay. it, it, almost exactly, uh, exactly like it. So uh, if you're looking to get into gaming, maybe maybe start with those. They're the most John. They're <laughs> pretty close to John Wick. I oh, high recommendation there. All right, <laughs> I would have to say, you know, I really think the third is the best. I think, and I think it. What's important about the third being the best is like I feel like these films just keep getting better. They just keep getting <laughs> bigger. They keep getting better. They keep thinking of new action scenes to do. They keep bringing in more character actors that I love. They keep just like building and building. And I'm so I'm actually excited to see four. I want to know what happens to John, and I want to know how it turns out. But I want to see the fights. I want to see who he meets. I want to see what. A, cool ass assassins they're gonna send after him it's a movie franchise that i'm actually excited about instead of feeling obligated to see it just to get to the end 
right. we got through three of these movies and I'm still when's the last time in a modern franchise that you were excited for the fourth movie? I know. I like crazy. I can't really think of one, honestly. And let I'm not really that excited for Toy Story Four, for example. <laughs> I have heard. I should I should keep an open mind. I, I heard from a Pixar insider. This one okay. darkness brought back into it, so I might be there. Um, but but kudos to one thing that they decided they wanted to do something that wasn't typical. And they said, let's not have that annoying like gap of like it's been five years since the last one. Let's mm-hmm. start each one following either directly or almost directly from the last one. And I think that builds a lot of momentum. Like you just feel confident four is going to kind of start off just where three left off. And that makes mm-hmm. you God, I got to see that. So that was a smart move on their part. Yeah, this is how you do uh, serum movies uh, correctly. Um, hopefully there won't be 22 John Wicks by the time <laughs> we get to the end of the John Wick uh, cinematic universe. Although I, I, they were talking about a spinoff as well as a TV oh, series. But yeah. I think there's, I think they could pull it out because at the, at, at its core, it's like kind of like a crime action thing. And you, and uh, you can do a lot of those. I think you can come up, like just putting another act, a good actor, actress in John and Keanu Reeves role could change things up and keep it fresh without burning us out on, uh, the Wikiverse. Um, right. Ultimately. There was a clear moment when I, I don't know if this is really real, but supposedly one's going to kind of going to be set around a, the ballerina figure who's been brutally trained up in that school. Oh, and they actually had bring oh. shots on that ballerina in the, in John Wick three that I kept going, what are you, is she coming back later? Is she a big character? Oh. But I think that was, so there's, they might be setting up that series. Okay. All right. Ballerina assassin. Yeah, it could work. I, I think it would be pretty fucking cool. All right, Eileen, thank you so much for coming on. This was wonderful. Truly an honor. Yep. Where can people find you? Oh, well, you know, Jacobin, as always, always writing stuff for Jacobin. And my podcast, Film Suck, um, please, at Patreon. We are we're doing some fun stuff there, and it would be wonderful to have you listening in. Thank you, guys. I've enjoyed this so much. Never enjoyed an interview more. It's fabulous. Wow. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. It was really great talking to you. All right. Thanks, Everyone, have a good one. Peace. Okay. Bye. Bye. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.